This is Rob from League of Beers, and in today's show we're going to do it a little bit differently. We've got two lovers sitting next to each other who happen to be lovers of craft beer. We're going to discuss a couple of the beers in the monthly mix, and we're just going to talk to them about life in general and hopefully keep you entertained. We will be going through the beers, but it's really more chatting about life, chatting about the business of craft beer and the business of craft, and we have two craft individuals. We have a DJ and we have a designer. And they're going to tell us about their lives and what they think about craft beer. So over to you guys. Cool. Uh, well, hi, my name is Adam Metcalf. I am a full-time producer slash DJ, and I go by the name Headroom. Uh, that's my most sort of common alias. And yeah, I've been sort of making and producing psychedelic trance since about 2005, full-time, and that's all I do. And obviously, it's a job that encourages drinking beer, so I've had the pleasure of uh, bringing my craft along for the ride. Very nice. Cool. Hello. Um, <laughs> my name's Kat, Katerina Toffoli. Um, I am a graphic designer here at Yuppie Chef. I started about a month ago, so I'm quite new, um, but I'm loving the ride at the moment. And I work on all things Yuppie Chef on site and League of Beers wise. Um, more League of Beers. So more yes. le- League of Beers that you really dig. That's why you joined. That's, that's why. That's <laughs> the only reason I joined, obviously. <laughs> what? Beer pictures? What? Beer forever. Um, and I work on the League of Beers newsletter as well. So those of you that are subscribed will get to see my Kif designs. There we go. Month, every week, not monthly, weekly. Exactly. Every Thursday. Kif is the word because Kif. that's our theme for December. Is Kifmas. Kif. South African Kifmas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, so let's uh, firstly, okay, so we're busy drinking the Darling Festive Beer for this year, which is the Single Hop Eldorado Lager, and it has ginger and red bush or rooibos. Oh. Red bush. A red bush ginger. That's the way we like uh, it. Cool. I've heard like it's becoming sort of quite a common sort of preservative type uh, or tool. In uh, like sort of wine and beer. There's and the Windermere cider. also has a rooibos. Yeah, that's cider, right. Is, yeah. It, is it more for the flavor, the rooibos in this instance? Yeah, I think it's for the flavor and also bringing something South African because the, the problem with a lot of craft beers is you're using, a lot of the time you need to use imported ingredients and we do have good quality ingredients here but some of the best ones are from around the world but using something like Feinbos or rooibos, is, it makes it much more proudly South African and that's uh, like our theme with uh, proudly South African Christmas, when we heard they were doing a beer with rooibos, we were like, well, damn, we've got to do that. Very cool, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Um, now a bit more over to you guys. Kat, over to you first. What inspired you to become a graphic designer? Oh, you love this question, <laughs> don't you, Rob? <laughs> um, what did inspire me? I've always loved design. I've always loved art. Ever since I was a little girl, I remember going to art galleries with my mom, um, and I've just always had quite a keen sense like quite a keen eye for design mm-hmm. and all things visual. Um, I've always known I wanted to be a graphic designer. So when I left high school, I went to Cape Tech and I studied graphic design for three years. And along the way, various, many various jobs, I find myself here at Yuppie Chef and cool. slash League of Beers. Nice. Yeah. You mean League of Beers slash Yuppie <laughs> Chef? That's what they say. Cause League of Yuppies. Cause, yes, exactly. Because League of Beers is gigantic. <laughs> it's, it's wow, and the workload is intense. We're taking over the world. I know. That's the plan. One beer at a time. One box of beer at a time. One mixed case at a time. Adam. Yo. You know the question. Uh, I actually don't. What, what inspired you to be a graphic designer? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I actually started off as a DJ, and I remember I grew up in Zimbabwe, and I was sneaking into dance clubs pretty young because I had an older sister who could sneak me in. 
And uh, I just, you know, I, I kind of had to, you know, stay out of the public eye because I was underage and I just ended up on the dance Not floor. Not because you were like hideous or something at that, that time of your life. <laughs> Hideously deformed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, guys, you know, teen years are awkward for everyone. Yeah, so I, I was think, a pretty hideous teen. You know. Shame was. What? No. <laughs> that's anyway. like, I think I look like a normal human being now. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. So basically, I just, I kind of got really involved in the music. I, I, I you know, and eventually I just realized that I, I wanted to sort of get my say on, you know, what should be played. I didn't have any aspiration of uh, sort of becoming a rock star. Like I think common day EDM DJs seem to get into the game for that very reason. Or like you've happened to become. Or, you know, yeah, it's a... <laughs> Shame, don't be modest, babe. It's okay. No, but it's, uh, I feel that I got into it for the right reasons. I was DJing since I was 17. I moved to Cape Town when I was about 19. And uh, then I got introduced to psychedelic trance and uh, started you know, DJing that music, wasn't really getting the sets because I wasn't a, pers- a pushy personality, which you have to be. <laughs> yeah, that as I well. still had awkward teen written all over my face. <laughs> and uh, so basically, I, was, I, I ended up finding myself studying at UCT and halfway through that degree, I decided, Noit, I want to do sound engineering. So I pulled out of the degree, got into sound engineering. And during that period, I got sort of introduced into some of the programs and tools used to make the very music that I had been listening to and DJing for so long. And when I started producing my own music, I, I finally sort of got noticed. And, you know, I, by 2005, uh, after a year of making music, I had released a track and that sort of put me on the map. And then from there on, it's just been sort of constant, uh, you know, release, uh, feedback, enthusiasm, gigs. Uh, I've, I've kind of got into a, a really happy sort of, uh, sort of uh, you know, Pro, you know, or let's say a happy chain reaction. Yeah, happy snowball. Music. A happy snowball. Yeah, <laughs> sounds that could be misconstrued. A happy snowball. Um, that came out before I was even thinking. Um, <laughs> I do have a problem. My mouth is faster than my brain, unfortunately. Um, the what I quite liked about what you were saying there. So a lot of the guests we have on the show are craft brewers and craft beer makers and people in this kind of profession. And what you find, a lot of them are, are people just following their passions. That's kind of why I asked you guys what inspired you. I wanted to get an idea of like, what is that journey? And what I, what I can hear is that you guys are both creators or makers of things. And like, you've kind of just followed that step by step by step. If I may paraphrase phrase, what you guys were saying. Yeah, spot on. And as opposed to like pushing, this is what I do. You just do what you do and let people kind of dig it for what it is. Yeah. I think that's, it's, it's an, you know, it's a nice natural sort of way for that to roll out. As far as I'm concerned, it shouldn't. You shouldn't. It shouldn't feel like an effort. You know, it should just be part of what you do, and uh, hopefully, yeah. There's a good saying that says, "Find your passion and make it your paycheck." Nice. So, yeah, I like that. That's, that, that's very craft beer. It's very craft beer. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So to get the conversation going a bit further, speaking about craft brewers, we are now on to the darling um, Desert Dragon. So they did a collab with Sam Brooks Brewery in the UK. And they decided to make an oat ale, an oat pale ale, which is very weird. Like normally when people think of oat ales, it's normally like stouts and things like that. So that these kind of, it's bitter, balanced by the sourness that the oat brings across. So this beer has got a, a like a tartiness that comes across, plus it's creamy, plus it's smooth. Um, it's, it's, it's cloudy. Um, it's got a bit of honey, a bit of citrus, a bit of vanilla, almost a custody type of feel to it, but still quite effervescent. So very interesting beer. Now onto Darling, I was 
Kat, you were telling me your folks live in Darling. Yes, they do. They've been there for about eight years. So, okay, well. Yeah. So they know Kevin and Philippa. Yes, they do. Yes. And, and yeah. the other 10 people live here in Darling. And the other 12, <laughs> yes. Oh, 12. And, so and their dog. I, I forget about Pete and Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. They, they, live in, they actually love it. It's, it's quite a quiet little town. Okay. Um, but definitely when Kevin and them opened up, they opened up a slow, slow quarter. Yes, that that's right. Of, yeah, yeah. It changed the vibe in Darling. Darling became wild. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing <laughs> it, much It used to be all happening. about cross-dressing and now it became beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, like, apart from Rocking the Daisies, not really much, not much really happens in Darling. But yeah. it is a cool vibe. Don't forget there's a milk producer there. Darling. Yes, yeah, their, olives, their milk wine. tastings are something to, it's, it's to crazy. <laughs> milk, yeah. Yeah. Gotta love a bit of a darling, darling dairy. What we need next is a collab, like a milk stout. Ah, there you go. A cross dressing darling collab. Love it. More there interesting. Amazing. Peter Dirk met ACR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey? Yeah. Mm. So, yes, we, we do enjoy. Actually, we try to go out there quite often and hang out. Cool. In Darling, and yeah. do, do nothing. <laughs> I, I think Darling, interestingly for me, was sort of one of the first craft beers that sort of made me take note of the, the whole industry, you know. Sort yeah, of, yeah. There was Jack Black was doing some stuff, but I think it was the, my first bone crusher was the first time I, I was like... I knew you were going to say that. My yeah. first boner, did you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> we were on about Babe. this awkward teenager, <laughs> oh, hideous, got the boner, uh, oh, it's just too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a Family radio, love. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I wasn't going to follow on. Don't get explicit <laughs> warnings on these things. <laughs> we, we knew you guys were coming. Yeah, uh, yeah anyway, so they, I, I just I always kind of be thankful to them as a, you know, sort of a brewery and for that very reason. They, and after my first sort of Do you give them bro hugs few craft them? beers from them, I never looked back. Uh, no, for me, I also, like Bone Crush was one of those like, seminal moments in my craft beer appreciation yeah. because like a lot you get if you travel through um, France and through Belgium you come across a lot of that type of style so to find it in South Africa it was something phenomenal huh? absolutely yeah alright we've got an interlude where I'm going to tell you about something cool that Yappy Chef is doing but when we come back we're going to speak a little bit more about the music scene in South Africa and what the big boys are doing to try and keep craft beer out of that music scene This podcast and my job is made possible thanks to yappychef.com. This week, I want to tell you about the FOMO box, food on monthly order. Not fear of missing out, although if you don't get one, you're a loser. The FOMO box subscribers receive a hand-picked range of curated food products each month. It includes coffee, biscuits, snacks, ingredients, delicious craft beer, and possibly wine. Um, kind of like our monthly mix case, a, a curated selection of stuff that's not available on the market, brought first to you. For just $4.96 per month, you can join the FOMO Box Club, or you can try it as a once-off for $6.20, and it also makes for a great gift. So go to yappychef.com forward slash FOMO Box with an F, and get yours now. So, a lot of us who are lovers of craft beer, like I have two lovers in front of me over there, lovers of craft beer often tend to be lovers of good music, appreciators of the finer things. Right, So my problem is I go to a concert or I go to a live act or to a club or to a festival and the beer is often crap. It's this mainstream stuff, light lagers, things that I just really don't like drinking. Like, Adam, what's going on there? Tell me about that. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's, this is obviously an opinion and uh, the way I see it is that the initial problem is that most of these events are so heavily sponsored 
uh, by, you know, for instance, SAB, more specifically Castle, Castle Light and Black Label. And that sponsorship, you know, does kind of take a, a lot of the load off uh, for promoters and stuff, but it also now means that we, the punters, are forced into drinking a rather minimal and poor selection of beer. Mm. And, uh, you know, festivals like Crocking the Daisies, as amazing and grand as they are, it's kind of ironic that you're at this, you know, this you know, world-class event in Darling, paying a thousand rand a ticket, and you can't buy yourself a Darling craft beer. And it's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's so bad. For, yeah, every year I, I sit and moan at that festival, and, you know, I've almost stopped going because I just can't be forced into drinking sponsored alcohol my whole life you know and, i mean you understand where the festivals are coming they, they need to make it work and the big brewers are making it work for them it's 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 all a business yeah but yeah. like if it's a pure authentic festival you want some pure authentic beer yeah look from what i hear and I, you know, again this is through people who sort of supposedly know the guys who run it you know even off the ticket sales alone so in their defense ticket sales alone are not enough for them to pay uh, for the production so that's mm. where sponsorship is essential uh, which means, you know, how do we move forward? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question, especially for these kind of grand uh, one-off events, you know, these annual things. Um, obviously, with bars and stuff, it's a different story. Um, but even there, you know, you're not always guaranteed to get a, a selection of craft. And, uh, mm. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a sad reality for me. It's know? almost like we've got a bit of a challenge that in South Africa, we've got first world tastes with um, third world uh, income. <laughs> yeah. and <I'd, laughs> It makes it difficult to make these things work. But it's the funny thing is, like, I would much rather, you know, drink fewer craft beer. Say I had a 50 rand in my pocket, I would rather have a good, you know, beer than two average ones. Mm. And uh, ever since I've had the, my first sort of, you know, truly enjoyable beer, it's it's been that way, you know, mentally. I've, I've started, you know, I'm a DJ, so I don't really get searched coming into clubs and stuff. And, you know, if they did look in my, my gig bag, they would probably find a couple craft beers. Things have changed, eh? Because in the old days, DJs smuggled different things in the craft beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no comment. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it is. A, it's a bit of a pity. It, it it causes it causes a lot of frustration for me. Um, but you were also saying off air about how some of the events are getting a bit more into the kind of craft scene. Yeah, well, interestingly, so I I play most of my events are, are sort of psychedelic trance outdoor parties, and they're you know they're often sort of a good hour and a half out of Cape Town, twenty four hours long. And recently, uh, parties like Earth Dance, uh, some called The Village, and even some smaller ones have have been producing craft beer on you know with uh, you know keg and taps and everything. And uh, cool. it's been absolutely great to see. And yeah, I think we've had you know a, a, a decent range, not not some, you know a great one yet, but I've seen sort of West uh, Westlake, you know, an APA there. I've seen the Johnny Gold, the Naked Mexican. Uh, and a few others and it's yeah i mean i think the last what was it organic had about four craft beers on tap which is pretty good going for for an underground party well it's also because they don't have um they don't don't have any sponsors they don't have any branded sponsors yeah you're right they're allowed to do that so they're probably struggling but at least the beers are good at the (laughs) yeah Yeah, look i mean it's it's you know that industry there's no guarantee they're going to get numbers but they did get a great turnout and it's it's great promotion for the craft beers or maybe not specifically their target market but yeah yeah Okay, cool. I'm going to go 
right off track for a little bit and then back on track again. Kat, to bring you back into the story again. Hi. <laughs> what is your favorite craft beer? Ooh, um, I'm actually, oh, I know you're going to hate, hate on me for this. but Do you I'm like actually, wine? <laughs> do you like wine? Do you like whiskey? Uh-huh. I'm actually, I'm a big uh, craft cider supporter. Oh, very good. I don't, I don't really drink a lot of craft beer. And you um, said ever since earlier, it made me think of Everson cider. So just kind of segue into the cider world. So. Yeah, and, and we, we've got our great cider newsletter coming out We're about out to tomorrow. launch cider tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really exciting. And I must say, coming from a cider like you know, a black like a savanna background and a okay. dry background. It's it's really nice to have the option to te- to drink real cider for a change. So I'm yeah, I'm a big fan of Windermere. Was my like my, my first my first time <laughs> was with Windermere. <laughs> they have a, I think no, that's Clarence is the cherry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and since then, obviously, yeah, I love Everson's, the Everson's cloudy cider. All of them. I'm actually going to get my hands on one of your lovely um, cloudy cider, cider. Yeah, mixed cases because yeah. it yeah. Then there's just there's so many to try. So I've, I think. I think Windermere and Everson's are the only two that I've tried. So okay. I'm going to get get on the craft cider yeah. bandwagon as well. So unfortunately, our beer is not my, not not really my my first choice. So not your first love. No, no. So, so you're a beer and cider couple. Yes. Very yeah, very which much. I think so. is, which I think works. Hey, yeah. so it means yeah, I don't nice. drink all his beers. And yes, that's a good It works cider, extremely so. well for me. Yeah. <laughs> it works very well I'm, for I'm you. quite happy with that arrangement. <laughs> yeah, so. I've got a similar thing at home as well. The, the, um, my wife is on the cheap wine and cheap whiskey, and I'm on the expensive craft beer. <laughs> yeah, it has put a dent in the pocket of late. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. But yeah. no regrets. Either. So uh, we had a challenge on Twitter the other day, and some guy was complaining that. So the Devil's Peak range have all moved into smaller bottles. And so Devil's Peak Pale Ale is in our uh, December mixed case. But even the Blockhouse has more moved into 340 more bottle. And just by the way, international craft beer is all either in 330 more cans or 340 more bottles. So it's kind of the way of the future. But this particular fan was like mouthing off about how it's not cheap enough considering it's in a smaller bottle. But for me, it's like at a smaller unit price, so more people will try it, right? So I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and also then you can try many more because craft beer is about trying a variety. So it's nice that some beers come in big bottles, but generally if it's smaller, you can taste more. Yeah. Right? And this guy was like... It's rubbish that the blockhouse shouldn't be in this bottle and maybe this fan's going to get crossed with me again. And I said, well, I don't get what the price is. This beer is a world-class beer. I would pay anything for it. I would pay three times. Like, never you wouldn't pay three times. I'm like, let, let, let's give me this challenge. I will pay five times what a broadcast currently costs for my own consumption. Because if it's that good, I'd rather, like, use my last cent of one blockhouse than ten bland, light, blah, blah beers. Absolutely. True that. Yeah. Spoken like a true... Hey, like a true league of beers Craft beer all the way. Hey, all the it's way. also, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, touching on that point, mm. I also think these larger dumpies, by the time you get halfway through, it's gone completely warm and dry, <laughs> and it's, it's, you're looking at it, and yeah, you know, as you said, you end up, you know, stuck with one beer when you could be trying two. Yeah, yeah. Which I, well, so two beers in the small bottles that are pretty good. We've got the La Trappe Blonde, and we've got the Innocent Gun Bourbon Pale Ale. Both very accessible, very flavoursome international beers we brought in. And by international standards, they're in the smaller beers, so it doesn't get warm by the time we get to the end. And also, you can try a lot more, because it's all about the experience of trying many more. Yeah. The Innocent Gun range is pretty spectacular. That's cool. Our Tasting League fans have really got into it. Yeah. Have you guys heard about the Tasting League? Um, Not. No. no. Welcome to a whole new world. So we're actually getting a cider tasting league called the Cider League. That's original. Yes, that wow, is. Yeah. But we count the tasting. Who, write, who writes so your copy? Andrea <laughs> <laughs> Feder. Um, so the, we started this concept called the Tasting League, and it's all about um, getting people out there in the world to tell us about what they think about the beers that we select here on a monthly basis, and our, our six different beers every month. And um, 
it, it's just really good to get as much of their input as possible because if they're liking what we're doing, it, it spurs us on to keep doing more because a lot of heart and soul goes into this whole curation process. You want to put like the best possible selection out there. So you want to also put it out there and let people criticize and comment on it, you know? Um, and then so we thought we'd do a similar kind of thing with the Cider League. Like the Cider Revolution, you heard it here first, is about to kick off in South Africa, the real Cider Revolution. And we're doing a similar thing with them is that we're putting the cider out there in the market saying this is what we taste and this is what we think is great real cider and getting people to send us their photos, their comments, their thoughts and get them to interact like along that. Let them own that process because it's only when you get natural responses and natural opinions that you can really see what people think and that other people will buy into that because true authenticity is what really sells. Sure, absolutely. That's true. A little bit of mild pun for the tasting league. Um Let's us get on to uh, Devil's Peak Pale Ale. Okay, so for our last little segment, I mean, this show is all about craft, the beer business, following your passion. Um, so Adam, there's one of those, like, let's think about dream jobs in life. And like, maybe a dream job is to be a craft brewer. A dream job is to be a film star or more so a rock star. But a lot of people would dig to be a DJ. So tell us about the reality of a DJ. What is the what is the craziest thing that you've experienced as a DJ? Uh, <laughs> so the, obviously there's good crazy, there's bad crazy. Um, good crazy is generally you know sort of everyone going absolutely ape mental to you know a song you've either played or made, and uh, I think you know that that's obviously like a great sort of moment to to have and achieve. But uh, crazy, I mean I've. I've had people just decide to get totally naked and sort of express their sort of... That's always a good crazy. Yeah, I mean... Men, though. Not yeah. necessarily. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, Kat, Kat was, was there, there for this. Uh, it was great. It so was at a festival in England. Was Glade, and, it was Glade Festival 2013. Really? Yeah. And he was on stage, and I was like jamming, as one does, as a, as a good uh, trance Trans wife. <laughs> a trans wife. A DJ wag. Sorry, okay, DJ yeah. wag. This trans actually, this, wife. Uh, <laughs> not, not yet, my Used dear. to be a boy. <laughs> Don't tell all my secrets. Um, so we were yeah, jamming on the dance floor and there's Adam playing. And just before you know it, one of these like proper English like punters, just like fully naked. Oaks are just going balls to the walls. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty special. It was great. So I whipped out my camera. Of course, you whipped something else. You whipped something else. <laughs> yeah, nice. and you know, interestingly, no one, no one really told this guy to get no, down. And he's well, yeah, but he stayed there for a while. He was there for a good yeah, five to ten great. minutes, and so I was girls. looking at his ass, and everyone else was looking at his junk. <laughs> and uh, not only you know did he get his show, but he he actually sort of lured another tranny. Uh, what was she? She was, was like, a man in a wedding dress. A man in a wedding dress, which which was just absolutely spectacular. A naked man. I wouldn't describe it as a thing of beauty, but then to have a, a tranny up there, I mean, just like yeah. all the amazing. It you know, it's, it's just, that's the thing about the scene. I mean, it, it, you know, you get these kind of wild things happen quite a lot and it's generally in good spirits, which is, you know, the great, you know, the nice thing about mm. it, you know. It's I, generally I, guys doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> that is true. You know, I mean, there are some pretty crazy, I, I have seen had, some negative had, stuff you've happen. You've had a lot of girls flash you their boobs as well. Yeah, okay. The, the perks. So do you get a lot the, of the, chicks as a DJ? Um, I've had a lot of, 
yeah, opportunity. Ah, like that. And, and so, so how many of those have you up. taken and how many have you turned so up? So coming on. <laughs> when are we well, get let me just block my fiance's ears here. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, wait. Do you get a lot of action from your fiance because you're a DJ? Um, you know what? You know what? I would like to think that we had a connection outside of this world, but her previous boyfriend was a DJ. Oh, uh, so that's just Which kind of kind a of thing. awkward, isn't I it? I mean, like type. for you, yeah, Groupie. she has a type, but you know. My she, parents were like, when like, I, was, I was like, I've got a mom and dad, I've met this really great guy, new guy, like awesome. My mom was like, oh, fantastic. Accountant, doctor, lawyer. <laughs> I was like, mm. DJ also producer. Also DJ. She was like, God damn it, but, another one. But he produces. Well, that doesn't really yeah, and, and to like someone's parents, yes, that makes so much difference in my yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> that makes no difference. Yeah. Is but he a doctor? Is he a doctor or, you know, a chartered accountant? But unfortunately <laughs> but, not. Yeah, to but their credit, they, they, have ad- they have adopted me and uh, shown enthusiasm. Despite your it. hideous looks and career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Despite the awkward teen years <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, my mix-up of Westlake and Lakeside. Yes. And, um, <laughs> Sorry, and Yeah, which is a tragedy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so but going back to those moments, I, I mean, I've seen some pretty heavy stuff also. You know, I've, I've, I've been involved, you know, arriving at a festival where there's like a full-on cop raid going on and, oh. you know, guys like in AK-47s the have the entire <laughs> DJ camp down. <laughs> You know, on their you know on their bellies, you know, you know, machine gun against the back of their heads, searching everyone for stuff. Not in South Africa. Not in South Africa. Um, although the things like that have happened, of course. I've seen a guy run up, sort of around the security, jump up onto the stage, climb onto the DJ mixer. And have a swing at the guy playing. Luckily, like, not me. I didn't like that. <laughs> like, song. That was not a good mix. <laughs> that was a terrible song. <laughs> and you, you gotta wonder what's going hey, through Mr. his head. Jones, <laughs> you know, you gotta wonder. I mean, I've been in Brazil where, like, they had this kind Play of. Play Westlife. <laughs> yeah, I've had moments in Brazil where there was a, you know, let's just say a rather unfortunate-looking woman. He had decided she was going to do her first strip sort of strip tease in front of the, this entire nice. crowd of about nice. 15,000 people, you know, Nothing 35 like degrees. Stripping. But then there happened to be this sort of uh, curved bamboo pole, which was part of the sort of scaffold, well, like a kind of more natural scaffolding type of thing. It wasn't thing. like protruding out of it. No, not <laughs> quite. But she, she decided to use it like a stripper pole, and she climbed up and up and up, started suspending herself, stripping in the process, and everyone eventually just got into it, started cheering her on until, you know, her legs, you know, she was hanging upside down and her legs finally gave way. Yeah, and then like... she just fell about oh. <laughs> three meters oh. in this whole time. No one had thought, you know, to actually sort of look how high get up she was. And yeah, mother. so you, you get these kind of crazy moments. I've seen people take too much of a substance and totally lose it, which is always really scary to see. Um, but on the more positive side, you know, it's, you're generally around really happy people, um, doing, you know, sort of trying to get away from reality. And that's, uh, that's, that's a fun place to be. Cause I think reality can be quite, uh, you know, tough and grueling. Much like people who drink craft beer, trying to get away from the reality of shitty beer. <laughs> yes. I like that. I thought you were going to get all insulting about us there. <laughs> Okay, so I've just poured you two. Hey, what's with these whispers between each other? <laughs> Live on it, the, the mic picks up everything. Sorry. So I've just poured you two our last beer. Now this beer is kind of symbolic, symbology, symbolism of <laughs> our Christmas campaign. So it's called Tis the Saison to be Hoppy. Now it ties in a whole lot of things. Lucy Korn, the famous beer book writer, has just launched Beer Safari, which is all about a safari through the African, South African craft beer scene. We also, you'll notice on the label, it's got Santa's sleigh in the background with the Land Rover and the African Sun more in the foreground. Um, 
we we wanted to bring together the fact that Christmas in South Africa is not about snow and about reindeer necessarily. It's all about bok and braai. And uh, we wanted to get that essence across. Yes. So we, we, we brewed a beer, first of all, that is hoppy, but crisp, easy drinking, almost light like a lager, but full of flavor with a bit of mintiness, which brings across a little bit of Christmas, a subtle bit of Christmasness mm. yeah. that's easy to drink. But so visually and to get our fans involved, we've spoken about the Seth African Christmas and what you like about the Rana Brai. But the other thing that's quite a, a, a final thing I want to leave you with is the mm. concept of gift beer, right? Now, gift beer is our version of charity, but we ran around the other day and gave a whole lot of people boxes of beer just because it's a cool way to show appreciation for people. And we think that giving people beer, especially a craft beer for Christmas, is a great way to make them think you're a kif-o or a kif-ro. Um, in closing, I want to tell you about next time. You guys have been great, the, the shy DJ lovers. Um, we've got Ross McCulloch from Jack Black. Now, you guys, we mentioned Jack Black early in the show, and he's one of the pioneers of craft beer in South Africa, one of the guys who brought the word craft to South Africa. So he's going to be on our next podcast, so you're going to be sure to listen to that. Um, I'd like to thank you guys. Adam, Kat, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Cool, it's been awesome, man. Very cool. I'm sure it was, like, really difficult to twist your arms. You're going to yeah, sit here, talk these, junk, and drink beer. These free beers and conversations. Yeah, exactly. Better. And the paycheck. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's been great, guys. High fives. Cool. And we'll Thanks see everyone so next much. time. Thanks for having us. Cool. Cheers. Cool. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.